And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here to talk about yet something else that I'm hoping will help you be better at what you do. So, you know, Many years ago, I embraced the whole concept of leadership. And as I put my started to put my arms around it, I realized that there's a whole lot of different forms of leadership, including self-leadership. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Now, before we get too far into that, I do want to let you know that today's episode of Startup Hustle is sponsored by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. With me today, folks, I've called the doctor. I've got with me Dr. Benjamin Ritter, entrepreneur, podcaster, author, janitor, and everything else at Pez leadership dispenser. and yeah, and <laughs> yeah, Pez dispenser and at leadership and empowerment coach at Live for Yourself Consulting. Doctor, welcome to Startup Hustle. I am so very happy to be here. I think every year I try to add another job to the list. So, you know, maybe. I'm wondering what it's going to be next year. I was, I was watching the NASA launch the other day, and I'm like, hmm. <laughs> I always wanted to be an astronaut. astronaut. How do I do that? You'd be an How astronaut, do I do that? sure. sure. <laughs> well, you know, most startup founders and entrepreneurs are trying to go to the moon, so we might be able to have an an episode about that. Now, first off, I, I my foot hurts, and I, I'm not sure if you can help me with that. Um, you know, I said we brought the doctor in and, you know, entrepreneurship comes with a lot of pains and then I'm getting older. So can we address that part first? <laughs> well, nothing I say should be taken as medical advice because I'm not that type of oh. doctor. I do have a background oh, wow. in collegiate athletics. My, my first ever goal was to become a professional athlete. So I studied the body and nutrition a ton. So I might be able to give you some tips and I probably have some old braces I can, I can lend you. I can ship one over. But that's not my well, expertise. Well, as I get older, I may take you up on all of that. But you know, so before we get too far into this, if you guys want to learn more about what Dr. Ritter does, uh, you can go to liveforyourselfconsulting.com. Just scroll down, click the link in the show notes, take the easy way to learn more about what he does. And I wasn't kidding. You do a whole lot of different stuff. You're Chicago-based social entrepreneur, coach, consultant, mentor, and an expert in the field of personal and professional internal leadership development. So before we talk about what any of that is, how about a little bit of backstory uh, and just give us a, give it, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Yeah. And thanks for that great intro, by the way. And as I kind of hinted, my first ever goal was to become a professional athlete, which if you are achievement oriented and you have the soul of an entrepreneur, you know that that goal encompasses a lot more than just what those few words you know entail. Like really, I was up at four o'clock in the morning running on the beach. Like if you, if you were to turn on Rudy and watch kind of like any old, like athletically oriented movie of this, of this athlete that wasn't going to make it, but really wanted to make it. And then they followed his story. And then that athlete made it like I did all of that, but didn't make it. So, you know, all I did was watch, all I did was watch soccer on TV. I like basically ignored people because I didn't feel like they were relevant to my goals. 
I was the epitome of unhealthy obsession towards a, a specific goal, which you actually see in a lot of entrepreneurs today that are trying to achieve um, certain professional uh, like milestones. Maybe com they, they compare themselves to the Vanderchucks of the world and things like that, and they're just starting out. So they're holding themselves under this, you know, under a lot of pressure to to achieve something that really uh, they should have some other goals at the same time for some balance. Cause I basically wasn't, I was a little socially awkward. I didn't really focus on what else I, you know, I, I should be focusing on, should be doing. I didn't build a network. Uh, I didn't really have any of that balance. So after I did not achieve that goal, I was pretty much left without an identity and nowhere, nowhere to really turn other than inside myself. And luckily I took that achievement oriented personality and moved it towards developing who I was as a person. And so I spent a few years really just studying, everything I could to just become like a full individual again. And then never really thought I'd like never really thought of coaching again. And <laughs> uh, coaching like reared its ugly head a few times in my life. Not, you know, it's uh, and kind of, it kept hinting at me, it kept pulling at me to say, Hey, pay attention, pay attention, pay attention. Uh, one, one time I was headhunted to go work as a full-time coach uh, for a program uh, across the United States. I ended up, applying for federal funding for life coaching and receiving it from the government. I was selected for 16 months of life coaching uh, from, uh, from an organization I was working for at the time. And eventually when I was kind of working my cubicle position, real, you know, uh, I was walking to work one day, I'll tell you the story. I was walking to work one day and I was dreading going into work. I was a senior executive in hospital administration and up to that point, I always just reacted to the jobs that were presented in front of me. I never really took control of my own career, my own professional development. And so I felt stuck. I felt resentful towards, towards the work that I felt like I had to go into every single day. And I was walking in work, looking around, and every person's face that I saw had kind of the same feeling of dread and resentment. And it just felt like I was living in a world that I didn't really belong and so at that point, I just stopped and asked myself, what am I doing? What do I truly care for? What am I passionate about? Where are my strengths? What challenges do I want to face? And why haven't I thought about this before? With all the knowledge I had in personal professional development, I never really turned it on to myself and took control of my own life and my career. And at that point, I really just plotted out the next five or 10 years of my life professionally to really build the network that I needed to support my passions, my values, my goals, and started crafting my current job to really fit that as well. Um, and that led to three different paths and we can expand on any of them, but really my backstory is a combination of external, like the external environment, what was presented to me, and then reflecting internally and trying to grow in each and every single moment along the way. So we, we mentioned before we hit record, you know, I wrote a book called Balance Me, A Realist Guide to Professional Life. And I got a, a 3P approach to that, personal, professional, and physical. And, you know, like it, a lot of people talk about life balance or life coaching. I didn't think it was as easy as work life. Um, how important do you think it is to have the well-rounded personal, professional, and physical being? I just let a like a five week challenge on uh, really how not to lose your shit. And COVID really threw everyone for like, basically took all the routines and structure that people had in their daily life and threw it in the trash. 
And so a lot of the buckets that used to be full just from our everyday life ended up being empty. So maybe you stopped working out or maybe you stopped going to the office. So you started interacting with people that you truly enjoyed. Uh, maybe you stopped your hobby because your hobbies were having to go to some sort of, you know, a martial arts class or, or like any sort of extracurricular and people were feeling lost and empty without fully understanding the reasons behind that, not fully understanding that how they used to fill themselves up internally in every single different bucket that was missing, that was gone. So there has to be some level of balance and it doesn't have to be every single day, but if you're ever feeling overstressed or frustrated or anxious, I highly recommend stopping and asking yourself, what part of myself am I not honoring? What part of myself am I not filling up? Is it the physical? Is it the spiritual? Is it the social? Is it the, is it the intimate, et cetera? So every single different bucket of your being needs to have some level of attention and focus, or else you can get to that point where you're feeling like something's missing. Yeah. You know, so early in that book, I asked the readers, I said, you know, if you get a you get a hundred percent of your own effort and there's, and when I've spoken to groups in the past, there's always one person that's like, yeah, but I give 110%. Okay. You can only give a hundred percent of your own effort. And, uh, so I ask everyone to, 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 you know, on the sheet of paper in front of them to put down what percentage of their effort goes in personal, professional, and physical. And this is of course, after, a brief moment to explain what each category is made of. So everyone does that. And then I say, okay, now write down where you'd really like your effort to be. And one of the things was, is, is you, you immediately with that simple of, of a, of a, you know, explainer and a graph, see how different your reality is from where you'd really like it to be. And I think that one of the things, and this is what I'm excited to talk about with you is, you know, it's up to you to make those changes. It's up to you to identify why you're not getting the things that you want. And if you're not willing to admit that you're like, you are probably the most likely reason you're not getting what you want. Well, it might be some time, there might be, it might be time to rethink that approach too. So when we talk about self-leadership, if I just ask you, what is self-leadership? What is your reply? Yeah. And I'll, I mean, I'll personalize this right now because that intro we just had was kind of like a bunch of trash in my mouth. You know, I have so much stuff going on right now in terms of uh, like my, my partner's dog just passing away, uh, moving within the next couple of weeks, uh, some job stuff going on where I was not leading myself appropriately right now at the beginning of this call. You know, I didn't have the clarity of what I needed to do in terms of have a, a clear mind uh, to, to do some prep. I didn't have a level of confidence right away because I was too focused and wasn't intentional. And I didn't control, I didn't make time, I didn't prioritize how I needed to do all that pre-work prior to this. So self-leadership to me is knowing what your values are and your goals and really being intentional about that. So holding yourself accountable, prioritize that and prioritizing that in your life. And like, honestly, the main aspect of that is clarity. So what do I need to accomplish and why does that matter to me? And then building the skills that you need to do to actually accomplish that. So what do I need to study? And do I believe in myself to be able to accomplish it? And then because I have clarity and because I have confidence, I can prioritize that in my life. I can make time. I can say no to things that don't align. I can invest in the relationships that matter. And self-leadership as a whole is just really understanding and believing and accepting that the only person that's getting in the way of anything that you want to accomplish is yourself. 
Yeah, I don't disagree with that. And so, all right, so let's say I have a desire to change and I want to do more for myself. Where do I start? First is just clarity. And to really gain clarity, though, that's a little bit more complicated than just saying, what do you care about? Why do you care about that? And let's actually take steps to get there. So what are the goals? You know, what are the actual, um, like the daily tasks, monthly tasks and annual tasks? So before even all that, because a lot of people will come to me as clients and they won't actually know what they want. They just feel stuck. It's about understanding their strengths. So really understanding where they've been successful, what, what parts of them, what personality traits they've used throughout their life to gain that level of success. So understanding their stories, kind of the milestones in their past. And once they can understand where they've excelled, they can also then evaluate what they truly care about, where they've been happiest, where they've been most energized. And you can take all that information, you can distill that down to a list of values that you then can incorporate as the foundation to how you live your life each and every single day. You know, who you interact with, the people you have conversations with, the jobs, the jobs that you do. You can craft any position to incorporate your values, uh, the, the, the podcasts you listen to, the books you read. And so basically the first step of this and gaining clarity is creating a little bit more alignment around the why that you that you have at your core that you might not be fully present on. Yeah, and it, you know, I, and with the, an expansion on your thought about clarity, I mean, for me, it's just like, you know, I just tell people, I'm like, sit down and write down the things that you want. You know, like that can be, a, if you look at personal, professional and physical or however, you know, there's a lot of different ways to look at it. I'm not saying that the way, I'm, I just described the way that I do it. And it can be different for anyone, but I think regardless of what path or what input you're following, if you sit down and write, write out the things that you want, that's a, that's, that's a start because, you know, there's, there's so many, I'm not going to bore people with statistics, but in the, in the book, uh, you know, the, okay. So people that have written goals do obscenely better than people that don't. And it takes only a minute to write something down. And so you ask what the why is with that. Well, it becomes real, like something magical happens between your head and your hand. And, you know, there's just like simple things like, so you write it down. Now it's become real. It's there. It's on a piece of paper. And like, there's a lot of different ways to approach things. And, you know, the way and my take on a lot of this, it's, it's figuring out what you want. And now you start to identify the times and things that you're doing that have little or no value when it comes to achieving those goals. Yeah. Like, where am I wasting time? Because I, I think the thing that I hear people say to me so much, and I, I'm curious if you hear the same, they're like, I don't have time. Or it's always oh, about time. It's always, I don't yeah. have time or it's not the right time. Well, here's the reality. The right time's never coming and you probably do have time. It's how you choose to spend it. So what are, what are some, what's some of the input that you get from people? Like what are the number one excuses or the top excuses that people give you about why they're not getting what they want out of life? Well, a lot of times people can't see clearly enough to understand that they're getting in their own way. They can't see their fears. They can't fear. They, they can't see the fact that they feel it's going to be risky or that's going to be uncomfortable. They can't see that they lack confidence in themselves. And so they use excuses like I don't have time. They use excuses like I can't say no to my boss. Uh, they use it's excuses. not my fault. It's not it's not my fault. It's oh, I'll do it next year. And then next year becomes a year after that. And it, like you said, if people would sit down, pull out a sheet of paper and just spend 15, 20 minutes on plot, plotting out what their future vision of like their dream world looks like, 
and then map out a couple different career paths to actually get there. They'd see that the answers are right in front of them. That if they started saying no to the things that are pulling away energy from them, that are draining them, that they actually are complaining about but not taking action to, then they would have a ton of time. And it doesn't take much, right, to, to make any sort of progress. It takes one little task each and every single day. If you could do one thing towards your vision each and every single day, you will make progress. You will start to build momentum because you'll, you'll actually start to believe that it's possible. One of the biggest issues is that people don't believe that their dream is actually possible, despite not even knowing what that is sometimes. Yeah, and that's actually the way I break it down because, you know, the, the, you have to keep in mind that your mind is finicky. And, you know, so we'll use a, a popular example. Some people are like, I want to lose 25 pounds. Your mind doesn't grasp that. It doesn't, you can't just lose 25 pounds. You have to do it one half pound or pound at a time. So your goal should be to lose five pounds mm -hmm. and you celebrate and and because you're close to that milestone at about any given time. If you say that you want to lose 25 pounds and then you lose five, you're like, shit, I got a long way to go. And it doesn't feel the same. And, you know, another thing, too, is like, uh, you know, most goals that people want to accomplish, another common goal, I want to buy a house. Well, if you've ever bought a house, you know that that is not a singular action. So what are the like 80 things that you need to do to get there? Now, I know that those aren't in direct alignment with some of the stuff that you talk about. But if you want the perfect job or career path, there are likely things that you need to do or need to learn on the way to becoming useful or valuable you know, or what you need to go. Like you are Dr. Benjamin Ritter. At some point, you were Benjamin Ritter. Um, so if you wanted to get a doctorate, you had to take, you didn't just do that overnight, did you? Well, it was this special online certification. Let's hope not. Let's hope not. Eight yeah, hours, I was going to say, yeah. let's hope not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, you know, as you're talking. I'd like I'm to get a link. I'd like to be a doctor. <laughs> so if you could send me that, I'm, I'm going to fill out the file. I, but, but I mean, the point is, is like you can reverse engineer your own success and start to substitute your low value activities for things that get you towards what you want. Mm -hmm. And self-leadership, you're hitting the nail on the head. Self-leadership is a lifestyle. It's saying that anything that I want to accomplish, I can figure out a way to accomplish it because there is nothing that is impossible because my actions are mine to choose. Right. And I, and to your, like, man, you, you were just like every single client I've ever worked with and every single potential client I've ever worked with has always been overworked. have always felt they're too busy. And I, <laughs> There, there's something to say about that, this falsehood of busyness. You know, what does busyness prove? To, like, what are you gaining from this idea of being busy? Well, you're, you're able to avoid reflecting on the things that you're really unhappy about and to come up with solutions that will make you uncomfortable. And so if, I, I would almost test every single person. If you feel like you're too busy to, to make progress, take two days, turn off your phone, don't watch TV, don't go hang out with friends and just be with yourself for a little bit. Be present and see what that can bring to you. And then do some of the journaling exercises that, that Matt and I were mentioning about figuring out what that vision is, what those goals might be, what do you truly care about, and what little steps you can take to actually find out more and gain more clarity. So maybe it's reaching out to someone that has a position that you really are interested in. Maybe it's like that CEO position at a company that really aligns with your values. Well, figure out how you can speak to people at that organization. Right, connect with them on LinkedIn, send them a quick message. So what are the little things you can do to step out of your comfort zone to be brave, so to speak, uh, and also just 
kind of push all the distractions away so you can actually listen to what your mind is telling you. Yeah, and I think that, you know, to, to supplement that, it can start very easily. You can start by just literally like training yourself to think, is this a high value or a low value activity? So I actually want to want to give you, I, I created a rating scale that I'd like to share with you, doctor. Um, and it's a, if you want to take it a step further, but it's a one to 10. So like a 10 is any act, any activity or action that helps you accomplish multiple goals or find balance in more than one of the three P's that I mentioned, you know, a nine is results or progress for a goal. So like, obviously if you're working at a nine or a 10, on something, you are making actual and measurable progress towards it. So if you want to learn how to speak a foreign language, if that's one of your goals, sitting down and giving 30 minutes of clear, focused effort towards doing that would be a nine. And and that gets you there. Now, in the event that you wanted, I don't know, like the tens are hard to come by and, and set your goals high. I'm not going to read this whole scale in the book, but you know, like a, a four out of 10 are, is something where your actions could just be improved. Maybe you're kind of half-assing it, you know, like eh, you're maybe like you're showing up, but you're not there. And you held yourself accountable for that. You're like, well, maybe I wasn't in the right headspace, eh, but I was there. I'm like, do you want a participation ribbon or do you want a trophy? Cause they're different people. They really are. Um, you know, like a, a two is a two out of 10 is something that has no chance of producing positive gain. So we often engage in activities and effort that is self-sabotage. And that's like the opposite of self-leadership. That's like, for example, like you might make the decision to go out and get wasted with your friends on a Friday night. And the trickle down effect of that is you're scoring ones and twos in on your, on your readings the next day. Because you're hungover, you feel like shit. If financial problems were something you're trying to get out of, it certainly didn't help for that. Um, and if you're someone that makes your best decisions when you're drinking or doing that, uh, send me an email and let me know how you do that. Because I'm fascinated if you can. And then you know, and then you have like literally like zeros that are that that results in the opposite. That's like what I just mentioned is okay. So now. You decided to go out with people after work. You were trying to work on finance. You were trying to get in better shape and you were trying to do something professionally, but you blew your whole Saturday where you could have instead chosen to do a whole bunch of useful stuff because you stayed up until 3 a.m. You woke up feeling like shit. You spent all your money late at night because you thought the right thing to do at that moment was to buy everybody at the bar a drink. You see my point though, like there's, there's a, like negative self-leadership. So do you cover any of that stuff? Like, do you talk to your, when you're speaking to a group or anything about how to avoid what I just described? Well, usually when clients come to work with me, they're at a point where they're ready to, you know, move to five and above. You know, they, they may have some self self-sabotaging behaviors, but it's, it's much more easier to say, okay, let's just cut that out. There's, there's a lot less time spent on reframing and really trying to understand where these negative self-leadership kind of characteristics are coming from. But I would say if you're doing the, if you're in the zeros, the ones and twos and threes to, to immediately try to go nine and 10, you're going to have, 
a ton of discomfort, internal struggle, and feel like you're failing. Kind of like we were mentioning before in terms of what you know, what are the expectations for yourself and how you're going to transition into this intentional life where you are leading yourself consistently. So if you are a zeros, ones, twos, and threes, I would highly suggest you just kind of stop. I'm going to say, I'm just going to stop behaving right now. I'm just going to stop acting and I'm going to pull back and really spend some time understanding the motivations behind my behavior and look at your social network. Start, start kind of, I assume if you're in that, if you're in zeros, ones, and twos, there are people influencing you that yeah, they're you're hanging out with the wrong people for sure. Wrong yeah. sure. And it would say, so that in that moment, I really would say, let's just put a wall up, move, move behind it and, and really just try to stop for a moment, reflect again, we're going back to what is my vision for myself? Why am I, why am I acting this way? What am I afraid of? What doubts do I have? What expectations do I have? And, and then to try to do a, a complete reset. Now, if you're in the five, sixes and sevens, then you have an opportunity to say, where are the little tweaks that I can make to actually start living more intentionally towards my goals? What, what conversations do I need to start having? What relationships do I need to invest a little bit more in? And I love that scale. And I think, you know, so Live For Yourself Consulting was created under the understanding that people find change really, really hard and difficult. So how can you create a lifestyle around yourself that literally just supports you on a daily basis where you don't have to sit down intentionally every single day and rank different things or, you know, really kind of make a to-do list because you're just, you're living it. But it's going to be, until you're there, until you're, I'm living nines, eights and nines every single day, it's going to be a lot, it's going to be a lot of hard work and a lot of discomfort until you get to that point. And so you are going to have to probably sit back and score your days. You are probably going to have to look at your tasks and say, is this, how does this add value to my life? You are going to have to say before you go out, you know, is this the most important thing for me to do right now? And making that switch is going to be difficult. Just like, just like when you're trying to lose weight in the beginning. But once you can craft a life around you that does that does relate intentionally to what you're trying to accomplish, it, things become a lot easier and you do start building momentum and you do make a lot more progress in a lot short time. You know, and one of the things in my book that I challenge people to do is, is to actually just keep score for a little bit because you'll look at it. You'll see it like after you get through just like a little bit of time because like playing video games, that's like a low value activity. And some of these things suck you in and they don't help you get what you want. Now, you mentioned something that that made me think of the term opportunity cost. And, you know, anytime you choose to do one thing, you're choosing to not do something else. So I think on the most basic levels, keeping it binary, like, am I am I is this important or not? And um, if you're trying to be successful and you want to be a leader, then that often means that your plate's going to fill up pretty soon, uh, quickly, and you have to start making decisions. But how do you counsel or coach people when it comes to determining what pri- what's a priority and what's more valuable? That initial work on clarity is so important because once you have that baseline of what your vision is and what your values are, then you can start figuring out what goals actually live true to these values and to this vision. Because it, you know, honestly, whatever you want to achieve as a as a human being, that's up to you. Like I can't tell you what's valuable and what's not valuable, but I can help you 
try to achieve whatever it is you feel that's important. And none of the things that you actually want to achieve in your life, like whatever that job is, whatever that business is, are actually important other than the fact they help you live your values and help you be more fulfilled and help you feel better about the life that you have and also helps dictate the people that you want to hang out with. It's all about just enjoying the time that you have and being present and not worrying about, oh, I sh should I do this? Should I not do this? You know, who am I to do that? Like, it's basically just trying to minimize that inner critic, trying to minimize that doubt that you have, trying to minimize that dissatisfaction and resentment and stress that you feel and really just live a more fulfilling life. And so your priorities, you have to create those, you have to decide those. And I think very often we, you know, people will look towards leaders to say, what are, what should my priorities be? What should I do right now? And that is just not the correct mindset in terms of how to how to drive yourself and how to live your life. So going back again to this idea of clarity and understanding what's important to you, I'd say, you know, look, look at the last five memories in your life where you were the happiest. What were you doing during those times? What are the similarities between those, those memories? Where were you the least happy? What are the similarities between those memories? What are the beliefs in those? Who, who were you hanging out with? Where were you living? And really try to understand the things that energize you because the things that energize you are not going to energize me. You know, they, they, they probably won't. We're all individuals. And then start crafting a life that's revolving around those things while at the same time trying to understand what challenges and opportunities you want to face because challenge, innovation, and creativity is a really important value that can be motivating and can help you feel like you're not stuck. And you can incorporate that doing anything. And so once you do that pre-work to really understand what fills you up, then you can start saying what's important to you. And so I, when I work with clients and they want to do something, I'll say, well, tell me what is important about that. You know, what is that going to help you achieve? How does that help you live, live true to your values? And very often when someone says, oh, I can't do that. And let's say, well, why, why can't you do that? What's the worst that could happen? What could you gain from that? Why does that matter to you? So it's, again, we're, we're coming back to this idea of awareness and really just being aware of the of the of your actions, what the outcome outcomes of those actions might be, and what is the meaning behind those actions that you have. And to build that awareness, you do have to do that work. You do have to journal. You do have to pay attention to the things you're doing. Like you said, you could you could gamify it, so you could start scoring the, your days, or you could color code your calendar. You know, code things that are red that are under the five level of your scale. You know, code things That's that are a green. One, a one to three is yeah. red, four to six, four to six is yellow, yeah, and seven to ten is green. And I, I one point, I at one point had a free app that that helped you keep track of it. And um, it was funny. I really, I built an app and gave it away to the world. And then some people would complain about the app, and I'm like, okay, it was free, and there's really no ask for any type of finance. So, I mean, I I think that you know so much of what you said is so true. And and I, I the one thing that I'd like to challenge everyone to do a little bit of is ask yourself, you know, are you the problem? And I think that that's the hardest part that people have. You know, this like you know, taking that, that extreme ownership over their own actions. And you mentioned all that stuff, like you said, as a leader, like if someone were to ask me if they were like, well, what should I be doing for this and this and this and that? I mean, I'm, well, what do you want to do? You know, what do you really want to do? And, and, you know, the thing is, is that's not always, you know, you can find a lot of prof professional success by working on your personal or physical side of your life. 
because and uh, my whole premise of uh, the thesis statement of my whole book is that the longer though it's just trying you having a balance amongst the the personal professional and physical being is nearly impossible it's different for everybody because some people are like well what's perfect balance i'm like dude it could be way different for you than it could be for me the one thing is is if you're com- if you're completely out of whack one thing you can count on is the other categories are going to come back to claim that balance and like a, like if you're running 90% of your effort in your professional life then it's not going to surprise me when your physical and personal life are total dog shit and now all of a sudden your wife's leaving you or your kids have problems because you've ignored them for 15 years and now try to put 90% of your effort in your professional life while you're dealing with those things or going through a divorce or maybe you've completely ignored your own body and now you have a heart attack, God forbid. And, you know, now try to, you know, the, the thing is, is it's coming to the balance is coming to claim itself on some level. So I think part of it's like that awareness of it. So, and I, I, I'm curious. So if I were to ask you, how do I know when I'm successful? What, what's your answer to that? Mm-hmm. And I'd like to preface this with, I think everyone should make a list of of statements that fill like fill in the blank. I have to blank or I can't blank. So I basically like just I make like a running list of I have to, and then fill in whatever you think you have to do. And then I can't, and then fill in whatever it is that you can't do. And I would do this under the, you know, get in the mindset of whatever this future vision is or whatever your goals are. And start examining. I have to exercise or I can't, I can't lose weight. Right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, and th- thanks for those examples. And I think in, in terms of success, very often our successes, you know, relate to I have tos. And the success we want is, you know, a lot of the time it relates to the things we can't also do or achieve uh, that we think. And success, man, again, this, this goes back to this idea of whatever your goals are, aren't really important. Like, like I used to, like whenever I first got into coaching, I gave this presentation on this on the topic, the the worst advice I ever heard was to find your purpose. And it took into this idea that, you know, whatever you think you need to achieve, like when you, if, if, if there's a higher being in the world and like your achievements basically are meaningless because there's something bigger and greater. If there isn't a higher being in the world, your achievements are again, meaningless because there's no other purpose than just than just to be happy. Like this idea of success that I need to achieve certain things, I need to I need to have certain things materialistically or I have to have certain status. That's all in your own head. Right? You're setting you you've you've created all of your own expectations. So your level of success should literally be am I happy with myself today? And then we'll get into this idea of confidence where basically confidence is accepting who you are at any given present moment, understanding that you are as good as you can be at any moment as then as you can be right you you can't change you can't change today you can't change who you were and you can only work towards who you want to be in the future so why shouldn't you accept yourself for who you are so success honestly i believe is just a mindset that you can have no matter what no matter what you've done it's a lot easier to feel successful if you're making progress towards your values and your goals 100% it's a lot easier to feel successful if you have people that are surrounding you that validate you each and every single day and but it's a lot harder to feel successful if you're holding yourself to certain standards like i have to achieve something or what are people thinking of me at this you know point in time and so overall like long answer short it's success is the mindset that you're successful and the acceptance of yourself and i'm not sure what right, you think right. about that 
That's actually, I was just, I, I was, you know, for me, if you ask me that question, I would say when you feel successful, which is that my, what, but, you know, it's funny because, you know, I, I, I poked around for years and I've, I've looked at a lot of different stuff and I've, I've made a habit over the last 15 years of, of chasing down interesting, successful and talented people to try to discuss with them the who, what, where, why, and when, you know, and, and, uh, it was actually, it was this podcast and me calling up my, my, uh, so I, you know, I worked in the music industry for quite a while. And I, my last book I wrote with Joel Cummins, the keyboardist of Humphreys McGee. And, uh, and, the, I, I remember it, I was like the pot, this podcast had just taken off and I was like, Oh man, you know, we got, you know, all these downloads and whatever. And I was like, how do you know when that's good? He goes, whenever you feel good about it. And I was like, mind blown. Cause it was the simplest. I love binary, like simplicity, anything. And that's the thing. It's like, you're successful when you feel successful. There's not, there's not a, a, a predefined box that you get in there. Now I want to, I want to reemphasize that's going to be different for everybody. I mean, doc, your, your version of success and mine are guaranteed to be different. And I think that's the same for anyone. So, you know, I think if you're, if you get yourself, or I think the key to so much stuff when it comes to self-leadership is to continue to push yourself on a path that that gets you in and around anything you're passionate about. Because if you're passionate about stuff, it makes it so much easier to do stuff. And I, that's like the super generalized delivery on that. But, you know, so at Full Scale, and once again, today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by FullScale.io. What, we're, what we try to do is line technology, per, like tech service workers up with companies that need their services. And the number one thing that we're looking for is can we line someone's passion up with someone else's need? And it doesn't feel like work when you're doing that. You know, it just, it, I mean, it does on some days, but it makes it so much better because look, we all have good days. We all have bad days. It is what it is. And you know, what, what really I can guarantee you is your likelihood of quitting something that you're passionate about is dramatically lower than the likelihood of you quitting something you aren't passionate about. And, you know, that's the whole thing is like, and really in the end, and I was talking to a good friend that was having some issues personally. And I, and look, and here's the thing as a call to me with your problems can go, it depends on who you are. It can go well or not, depending on your impression, but I'll listen and whatever. And you're invariably going to hear me say, all right, so look, there's a lot of shit that isn't going well for you right now. I'm going to tell you right now, if you sit there and continue to sink, more stuff is going to go worse and it's all going to seem like it's crumbling down. You have to make the decision whether you want to sink or swim. So start fucking paddling right now. Cause I mean, cause that's it. Like it's still binary. Like, mm -hmm. and that was the thing I struggled with and honestly ran into a lot of resistance from a lot of people because people wanted to fight me on that. In the end, you it's yes or no, black or white, zeros and ones. And like, yes, there's a ton of complexity on top of all that, but you kind of get down to the yes or no. And, and, you know, I know that oversimplifies things, but do you think it can be that simple? Yes. 
Thank you. That was a great answer. <laughs> no, so, so basically what I wanted. You know, you know what? Hang on. But sometimes I throw it up near the rim and I just hope the guest is like, and you're from Chicago, so we'll go with the Jordan reference, uh-huh. you know, and slam it down. But yes, thank you. Well, I thought that just went along with this idea of, you know, keeping it simple. And I like it. I very like often. It. And one of the reasons why we get in our own way and why we don't lead ourselves is because we don't keep it simple or we come up with excuses. And so instead of paddling, we're, you know, we just throw our oars up in the air and we say, I don't know what to do. And it's like, well, you had paddles and you're in a boat. So you could literally row somewhere. Like, it's not that difficult. We're, we're, we get in our own way. We don't make commitments. And very often we hesitate. And, you know, as, as an athlete, he- hesitation was basically like failure. Not you were, good. You're not yeah. good. And the same thing in business. Hesitation, you know, some people say, oh, it's great. It's great. Good to hesitate. It's good to, you know, be patient. But patient and hesitation are very different. Like hesitation is this idea that I don't know what to choose and I'm stuck in this indecision. And so we don't make a commitment. And if we don't make a commitment internally, then our actions, you know, show that our mindset shows that. And so we focus on that hesitation. We focus on these, these fears of failure and this idea of risk and whatever you focus on exists, right? It gets, it actually gets stronger. Our minds have this really great tendency to whatever we focus on and is basically like we're investing in it. So if you're in this, this state of hesitation, the state of a lack of commitment, that is just going to grow the longer you focus on that. So if you could just say, I'm going to paddle, I'm going to move forwards. I'm just going to go, like you, you will be amazed by what can what you can actually accomplish from that, even if you don't know what the hell you're doing at any given point in time. Well, that, and that's the whole point. So, like, do you are you are you going to feel better at the bottom of the ocean floor? Because if that's the case, then just quit and sink. Because get there, you know. Like, because if you think really truly think about that, going halfway in that situation is still drowning. You know, like you can't, you can't kind of not drown. Like you need to be above the water or below it. And, you know, I, I, I think that the, I like your example of the difference between patience and hesitation. Like that is a big difference. Like hesitations, having a wide open shot and not knowing whether you want to pass or shoot. Patience is waiting for a wide open shot. Mm-hmm. or or at least a shot and then on top of all that and you know the famous Wayne Gretzky you're going to miss 100% of the shots you never take yeah and so, I think people confuse they're they're confusing their hesitation with patience they're saying oh I'll do this later on when really they're just hesitating and not actually being patient so they're making excuses and think they're thinking they're being patient and I'd say Sinking is better than not doing shit. Like, sorry if I, if I can if you make that. the just if you make yeah. the decision. Yeah, we've all swear. Yeah, you can you, swear. You can say you can. it all. But, yeah. <laughs> but you if were, you make, you I'll respect your I'll respect your decision to sink more than you sitting there not picking one or the other. And I actually said that to my friend. I said, look, because you know this is, there were struggles there, and it was it, it started personal. I said, but look, you know, if you want to quit, then just do it. And just quit because it'll be easier if you get on with whatever it is that you're going to do next. But don't, and, and, you know, that's another thing I see a lot of people do is they'll throw away two other things over something else unrelated. And, you know, like I, it, leadership is and self-leadership and self-discipline are about doing the things that you need to do the most at the time that you least want to do them. It's not always about being joyful and happy about what needs to get done. Sometimes you just have to do shit. Not, we gave a one through 10 scale and a lot of different examples, but like, I mean, it, I'm going to tell you right now that anything worth achieving takes a lot of work. I, I, I have yet to pr- disprove my theory that success demands payment in advance. 
Um, there's a lot of preparation that goes into that. So if I want to be successful, like how to, it, it, according to your, your three C's and the other stuff, I know that we, we were looking for clarity, confidence, and control, but what, how do I plan that? Cause, cause I can't plan having clarity. That's difficult for me. Now, when I get it, it's very powerful and I've learned to recognize it, but I can't say, you know, doc at eight o'clock tonight, I'm going to have clarity. I struggle with that. So, but I think a lot of people do. Well, so I, I, I founded LFI consulting, live for yourself consulting under the pretenses of, of the live system. So L I V E was the initial model that I founded my practice on. And then at, through working with clients, I realized that the type of client that succeeded using the live system had the three C's. So I had to first focus on developing the three C's and then we could use the live system. And so you need to have clarity. We need to build a level of confidence that you can actually, actually accomplish the goals that you have in your mind. And then you need to have control where you're actually, your emotions aren't getting in the way. Like your desire to go have drinks with a bunch of friends and a buy a round of shots for everyone. Like you can control that emotion and say, I'm still going to be able to take action towards the things that I need to take action towards. You can control yourself. You can prioritize yourself. You have a little, you have a semblance of emotional intelligence. And then you can actually use the live system, which is basically a decision-making tool that you said, like a planning tool. So you have life intentions, values, and expectations. Life are the goals, the goals that you set for yourself that relate to your, to your vision. I are your intentions. Are you actually acting towards those goals? Are the thoughts in your mind related like, in it, to supporting those goals? Can they filter through your values? Are your values at the foundation to ensure that you have a high level of motivation every single day? Because like you said, if you care about your work, you're more likely to stick with it. You're more likely to get up and actually take action towards it. And then E is your environment. Does, do those decisions relate to creating or do they interact with an environment that supports those goals, those intentions, and those values? So everything from where you live to the people you interact with, all the relationships you have, even the customers you deal with, do they relate? And so you plan towards basically living that aligned life through that system. So, and I like the, I like the comments on control because a lot of people are like, I don't feel like I'm in control of really anything. Um, obviously, and that makes sense. Like if you, if you can't gain control over your own decisions, like you, there's one thing you can control. It's your own output and your own attitude. And, and, and in most cases, your own decisions, uh, you know, like now some of that involves, uh, gaining control in my opinion involves making some tough decisions. Cause you know, we mentioned before, like if you're, if you're at the bottom end of that value scale with your decisions, a, a lot of that has to do with the people that are around you and sometimes eliminating them. And that's tough because sometimes they're your own family and that can be a, that can be a tough thing. Now, in regards to confidence, as we kind of round out this episode of Startup Hustle, once again, brought to you by Fullscale.io. So confidence is something that I personally, uh, according to my wife, have too much of. Um, and then many people in life don't have enough of. So um, how, how do I, what are your, what are, what's your input for those listening on how to gain more confidence on your way to control and clarity? Yeah. And I'll tie this in with control too, this idea of relationships, because I would love all our listeners, given a ton of activities today to list out basically three of your relationships that are causing you the most stress. And then to either figure out a way to mediate that. So what sort of action can you take to mediate that or to improve that level of stress? And if you can't, if you can't communicate in a way that improves that relationship to then say goodbye to that relationship. And then I'd even list out three people that, that actually support you and are related to your goals or three people that you want to interact with that are related with your goals that can support you. And then create an action step to build, to build that relationship, to invest in it or to actually get it started. 
because also the people you surround yourself with that that can create or take away confidence for sure. Uh, and you do need confidence to be able to take risks, to be to to be okay with discomfort, to take action. Uh, and I, <laughs> confidence is really four things. I think very often people uh, forget that confidence is a, just a belief. It's also a feeling that you can create at any time, just like a belief. It's a skill, so you can actually study and create greater confidence just through simple exercises. And it's a commitment. This goes back to what we discussed before. So can you commit to just having confidence and believing in yourself? And very often we listen to, you know, the little inner critic in our minds. We believe the negative, the negative talk that we, that we chatter away with every single day. Like what did that person think of me? Or I can't do this, or I don't deserve that. Instead of supporting ourselves and changing, changing that inner voice through, through figuring out, okay, if, if confidence is the feeling of feeling full and energized, I'm going to do things that make me feel full and energized through my day, but before I have to do something that feels risky. If it's a belief, I'm going to write affirmations and make, you know, basically talk to myself throughout the day. I'm going to surround myself with people that help me feel a certain way. I'm going to make a commitment that every day I'm going to wake up and say, I feel confident. And I'm just going to surround myself with, with things that relate to building that skill. So I'm going to listen to podcasts that relate to confidence. I read books that relate to confidence. And so are you, are you taking that you know, action towards, instilling that confidence within yourself. Well, and you can look, I mean, the mind is a computer. I mean, it really, and it's in its most basic state. So what are you uploading into your operating system? And what are you surrounded with? One of the examples I use in Balance Me is, is, you know, energy and attitude and the people you're around are very much like a contagious virus. If you put your, if you, and this is proven, if you take someone and you put them in a room for half a day or an hour with people that are confident, uplifting, saying great stuff, people come out of that room saying, wow, they're, you know, they're positive. You put someone in this, in this can't do negative, shitty attitude environment, then they come out of that room feeling negative, complaining, whatever. And, you know, so much of it, like I, well, so the episode of Startup Hustle that was published live today was about public speaking. And that's something that people fear more than anything else. Like more people would rather die than speak publicly, which is crazy. But as we went through and we talked about it, so much of it just came down to reps and practice, like practice people. And in the great Allen Iverson practice, we're talking about practice. Yes, we are talking about practice. It does actually matter. Like, and that's the thing. So practice the things that you're not confident about, including ha having control over the people that you're around. Cause those things definitely, I mean, I think that confidence and control, like those parlay off each other big time. Cause if you don't have the confidence to tell the people no that are either doubting you or putting you in shitty situations, well, without those things, you're definitely not going to get to your third C of clarity. Now, uh, now clarity is a scary, powerful thing when you get it right. Like, and one of the things is like, and, and you know, this kind of ebbs and flows, but at, at, I can look back and literally as in my timeline as an entrepreneur, I can tell you the times like almost down to days, months, and years of when I had exceptional amounts of clarity and they, the result after was me doing some of the most mind blowing stuff that I felt that I've ever done. And, and, it, you know, I'm 45 years old now and I've 
gained a better sense of acuity when it comes to understanding when I have clarity. But as we end this episode, let's go ahead. I'd like to hear your input about taking advantage of clarity because I'm real finicky when I have it. And I have an amazing wife. I could say, hey, I got something going on right now and I need to just be by myself to get it out of my head. And she'll clear my plate, man. She'll take the kids. She'll make sure I'm not disturbed because those moments of clarity for me are delicate. And when I've got them, I get a ton of shit done. I can't schedule them. I try. I've tried. I have a hard time doing that. That's why I'm fascinated with my rock star buddies, because those dudes have to have that clarity on at like 1023 for song four of the second set. And like if I mean, everyone knows and talks about on the Internet after if they don't have it. But so what's your take on maximizing clarity once you once you get your once you have it? Mm -hmm. If your life is set up intentionally, like what you're doing is related to your vision and your goals and your values and you're surrounding yourself intentionally with information that relates to all that as well. Clarity will come up at just the craziest moments. You'll just be walking outside and all of a sudden get a new idea. You'll solve problems in the shower and you know, you'll be reading a book and all of a sudden figure out the answer to the thing that's been bugging you or, you know, understand what a client needs to do to finally actually move forward to something that's holding them back. And in those moments of clarity, you respect them. You don't say, okay, I'll write that down later. No, you immediately make space for that moment of clarity. If you can't, if you can't, right? Uh, usually you can, but you immediately make space for that clarity and you start, you jot down that epiphany and you start fleshing it out a little bit uh, because when there's a really great book called Big Magic and basically the whole premise of the book is to just honor creativity when it, when it comes to you, when it presents itself. And when clarity presents itself, honor it and dive into it. And more, more often than not, like you will find out as you create a lifestyle that is more attuned to your passions and values and the relationships around you also attuned to that. These moments of clarity will be, will be, you'll get more and more of them than ever before. And so honoring them won't be, well, you won't have to make as much space, but initially I would say, if you get that, if you get that hint of clarity, stop what you're doing, pull out a pen and paper, open up a Word document, Word document on your computer, and just honor it. It's, it's funny you said that because you mentioned taking a shower, which sometimes I do have some of my better ideas in the shower. One of those things is, is mowing my lawn. So a few years ago, I actually had a lawn service. And then I, I had realized that I had cut myself off from the from an activity that often. So I fired my lawn company. And it's funny because just like it was just a couple of weeks ago, like halfway through mowing my lawn, I find myself abandoning my lawnmower and beelining into my house, just it, dripping in sweat in the middle of a Kansas city, like 80 degree, 80 degree or humid, 80% humidity day, 90 degrees to sit down. And like what ended up me sitting in front of my laptop and purging, getting all this out of myself for like three hours. And, you know, that's the whole thing. It's, it's, it, thank you for clarifying some of that for me. Cause I actually, I think that I have intentionally and potentially unconsciously built my own reality to support those things. Cause I mentioned like having, being able to have communication with my wife and an understanding. Cause I don't get, here's the thing. I don't raise that flag a whole lot, you know, like I really don't. I mean, one of them, I look back to <laughs> the last book that I wrote, crazy. I had that moment and it just started pouring out of me. I wrote 13,000 words in 24 hours, which is insane. I actually uh, sent that to my editor afterward. 
who is the kind of person that tells me when it sucks, trust me. Um, and I, I sent it to him and he read it and I hadn't even edited it. It's just like, he, and he replied, he said, did you find the perfect combination of coffee and Adderall? And I, <laughs> and I actually replied, I said, maybe dot, 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 but I don't know where the rest of it came from. Now, here's the thing. I didn't write a single word for that book for like four straight months. So it, it just came pouring out, but I had one little thing that distracted me and tipped me over. And that's when it stopped. So now, and I'm real adamant about this. And sometimes people think I'm nuts because if you work with me long enough, you're going to have me come in and I'll be like, dude, I haven't slept in two days. And that's because I'm trying to ride that horse until it won't ride anymore. And I think that that's such a key thing. And, and, you know, it took me a while to, to understand that. And one the challenge that I'm going to give for those of you listening that are entrepreneurs is try to position yourself into the thought process of how many moves ahead am I thinking? The great chess masters of the world are five, six moves ahead. Now that doesn't, for, that might not sound like a whole lot, but w- all these moves become exponential. So it's exponentially harder to fully think out all the possibilities two moves ahead in chess, much less four, five, six. So, you know, I, I think if you find that clarity, Ride that horse, people. Ride it. Ride the wave, whatever you want to call it. But And I like the idea. I actually don't like it. I love the idea of having intention to build an environment that fosters the creativity and clarity that you look for. Because if you get, I'm telling you, you get yourself in that zone, man, and, 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 you'll, and don't waste it. Don't waste it. Like you were saying, like uh, I uh, now I didn't have it in my pocket, but I even have like a little like reporter like notepad. Uh, there's people that my neighbors probably think I'm fucking crazy, by the way, because like I'm sitting there like writing in a notepad wa- halfway through mowing my front lawn. But don't because because I I have been guilty in the past. Uh, oh, I'll write that down later. And literally like five minutes later, I'm like, damn, what was that? Mm-hmm. Now, my mom would tell me it couldn't have been that important if I forgot it. But I disagree. Because sometimes those are also the the pieces of things you put together for something else down the road. So, all right. So I would be a terrible host after all of this time if I didn't give you a couple minutes to wrap up all of the wild stuff we talked about. So I'm just going to give you the mic and and hear what you have to say on our way out of this episode. Well, it's supposed to be binary, right? So really just get out of your own way and go do whatever the hell you want to do with your life. (laughs) But, you know, like make really just make a commitment. So I'd ask yourself, you know, are you spending time on the things that you truly care about and want to move towards? Or are you sitting, you know, each and every day saying, I wish I could be doing X, Y, Z. And so take the, I wish I could be doing X, Y, Z and say, I am going to do X, Y, Z. I'm going to do this period. And then pick one thing, one action item to do, pick one person to connect to that's related to that. And then consistently show up each and every single day. Now we are talking about honoring creativity and clarity and one of the worst things that you can do is they, they actually have studies that show this. Your brain stops working in the background when you watch TV. So if you can, if you find yourself watching TV each and every single day and you're not where you want to be in life, cut your TV time by an hour. Just cut your TV time by an hour. Take that hour and then go start just start doing things that relate to whatever it is that you want to accomplish in life that you, that you haven't achieved yet. And trust me, that will build momentum. You will have greater moments of clarity. You will take action and you will you will feel better which is the whole point of everything you will just feel better
Yeah, I think I think the last thing I want to say on the way out is if you want to get if you want to accomplish something, go find if you can find someone else that's done it and just go talk to them about it. It's so much easier to ask the people on top of the mountain to pull you up than it is to climb up on your own. And and regardless of where you're at in life, there's always someone that is at, likely at a higher peak than you. So you can really make a living asking those on top to continue to pull you up. So don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to do. Speaking of that, man, now I'm all fired up. So now I got to get out of here. I will see you next time. See you later. Thanks for having me. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button. Then come find us on Instagram. See you next time. We do it.